0: To the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
1: Hour number two here of Fantasy Sports today. Some real good discussion in hour number one from Byron Kerr. If you want to go back and listen to that interview, just uh, press the rewind button. If you're listening on demand, also we'll get some of that posted for you on social media. But coming up this hour, we dive into a little college football. And yes, a full slate of games in Major League Baseball will have a preview of the weekend as Fantasy Sports Today on this Friday continues now. would like to
0: talk a little bit about sports. Fantasy Sports Today. Well hit, down the way, through, way back in.
2: Unbelievable! Unbelievable! for three!
1: there would be nothing better for me to come on the show today and crap all over Cleveland to say Miami was the better venue for the All-Star Game. That was not the case. Cleveland seems to have come through. Their sports fans are very passionate. They care about their players. There's only one problem with Cleveland, as we know. It's outside of that championship that LeBron James, he was with the Cavs, brought to them. city of Cleveland don't win all that much. Lenny Melvin, is Vlad Jr. the top fantasy rookie moving forward?
3: I say no. I say the number one rookie who's going to have a better career than Vladimir Guerrero is Eloy Jimenez, Jimenez uh, White Sox. He just, his field presence, is, is just his manner, just the way he plays the game with the utmost confidence. When he comes up to bat, even when he makes out, he looks impressive. I
1: think Eloy is going to be a better player than Vladimir. All right, welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today here on FNTSY, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We're here until 2 o'clock Eastern, and then we turn it over to full-time fantasy. Craig Mish here with you as we're getting ready for the second half of the baseball season. We did have one game last night, as uh, that keeps being noted to me. We did have one game last night, and would you believe that Lance Lynn is 12-4 and four with a 3.69 earned run average. After the season that Lance Lynn had last year, this dude struck out 11 last night in seven innings. And doesn't this kind of stamp home that point? I, I hope other pitchers around the league see, like, can, can honestly n- notice the difference between a pitcher who doesn't have a spring training And then has to sign in late March or even into April. And and that was obviously the case with Lance Lynn last year. This year, he's been so much better. Not a lot of selling high on a guy like this that pitches for the Texas Rangers. I get it. But if you invested a last-round pick, I I would say in some 12-team leagues, Lance Lynn probably wasn't even drafted. And therein lies the problem in fantasy sports. and, and, And also the luck and the fun in fantasy sports. Because sometimes you never know when a guy's going to come out of nowhere to have a big season, and that indeed is the case yesterday. Yeah, Texas beat Houston to 5 to nothing in that game. And the Astros, after that fantastic start, kind of came back to earth a little bit. Oakland is still hanging around. Texas still hanging around. I fully expect Oakland to be okay. Now, last night in the game, in case you missed it, Alex Bregman... Took a foul uh, a uh, a ball off the chin. He needed stitches, but you know him; he's going to continue to play. Some of the other topics that we talked about in the first hour of the show, we'll reiterate them here. The NBA free agency and off season's been fantastic. What does it mean now that Chris Paul is a member of the Oklahoma City Thunder? How how did it get to the point where NBA guys making forty million dollars a year can't get traded? Right like John Wall's hurt that Washington wants to get rid of him Chris Paul 40 mil get rid of him Russell Westbrook 38 million whatever he's making get rid of him it's bec- it, look there's a salary cap so you can't ever go over a certain point with money so it'll never get to where like for example baseball is where their guys get 10 years 350 million whatever it is like that's not happening These max contracts max you out at a certain amount that you can sign. But Chris Paul went from one of the top, what, five players in the NBA five years ago? Uh, Maybe five's a little strong, but he was in the top ten for sure. Probably top five. To now, he's he's a throwaway player. Houston gave him away, essentially. They, They just swapped contracts and picks. Oklahoma City ended up doing better. And now they've got a ton of picks. And as I brought up in the first hour of the show, and I don't follow the NBA as closely as probably a lot of other people do. I've never seen a team in the history of the league have this many draft picks. Got like eight first-round draft picks over the next ten years. I think somebody made the the the, uh, the comment that one of their first-round picks that they acquired would be someone who is twelve years old right now. I mean, that's nuts. But. I'm always up for teams changing the way that sports are run and rebuilds are run. I think it's fascinating to me. In baseball, what Houston did, what the Cubs did, what the Phillies did, what the Braves did. It's so rare to see those things play. Now what the White Sox have done, and all of a sudden the White Sox seem that their tear down is being built back up. You've seen the Orioles tear it all down. The Marlins have torn it all down. Well, now Oklahoma City has not only torn it all down, but they have all these first-round picks to build it back up. And it, and maybe the, maybe the thunder are horrible for the next two years, which gives them, by the way, more first-round picks. But... They are going to be in such a good spot, potentially, for a three- or four-year period that it makes it all worth it if they're able to compete for a championship. Forget the next year for the Thunder. Forget the following year for the Thunder. They're going to go, like, the process route, like Philly, except for they have so many more first-round picks than Philly ever did. And you could say right now that the Sixers are a contender every year, maybe not for the title, but a contender in the East. That's for sure. They have enough players there. I'm just fascinated with with the way that teams approach things and give the GM of Oklahoma City a lot of credit. He was the one that was able to get it done. All right, coming up next on the show, we're going to give you some players, that I think, in the second half of the season. I wouldn't say that they're going to crash down, but they are going to come down to earth a little bit. Then we'll do the baseball schedule for tonight. I'll give you some value picks and pitchers. John Love, our first college football conversation's coming up at 140 Eastern. Then we have some exit velocity. This is Fantasy Sports Today. I'm Craig Mish. You're listening live on fantasysportsnetwork.com. On demand, iTunes, Android, everywhere where podcasts are heard. And we'll be back in just a couple of minutes here on FNTSY.
0: Brain dance. Make it rain. The U.S. government changed the rules and recognizes players from Asia, Europe, all over the world now. They will allow you to get a visa issued into this country if you are an esports player under the headline of You you Are an Athlete. I think these things are games, not sports. All right. And so you're a player, not an athlete. Weekdays, 7 to 9 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. The Morning After. Florida State doesn't have that luster. Willie Taggart, that's not a hot seat. That's an electric chair that this dude's in. The Miami Hurricanes had that little whatever. The old turnover chain and all that crap when they won eight, nine games in a row. Not fully back, guys. You know what I mean? It's right. because, you know, you're not embarrassing yourself doesn't mean you're back. The best team in the state has been Central Florida over the past couple of years. 25-1 and one in their last 26 football games. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish.
1: All right, welcome back. Craig Mish back with you here on Fantasy Sports Today, and we'll be here until 2 o'clock. Good to be with you here on a Friday. Hope you have uh, big plans for the weekend. Also, you can get in the game with DraftKings Sportsbook, where listeners of this show can get a risk free bet up to $500. Here's how it works. Create a DraftKings sportsbook account, make a deposit, place your first bet, and DraftKings will match it up to $500. Just go to sportsgrid.com slash DK to play. That's sportsgrid.com slash DK. Act quickly. This offer won't be around forever. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER, 21 and over, New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See website on DraftKings for details. Well, it doesn't take a contest to know the second half of the season is going to have a bunch of questions for players who have potentially overachieved in baseball. And that is always the hardest thing to identify, I think, by looking at a roster that you may have and trying to figure out which of the players that are not just sell-high guys, but sell-high players that other people may have interest in. And that's kind of the reason that you have to do a little bit of a deeper dive in understanding who you're playing against in the league that you're playing in. The example that we used a couple of days ago here on the show was the pitcher for the Baltimore Orioles, John Means, who's having a great year. ERA of 2.5 and and spent about 10 days on the injured list, but really has been one of the nicest surprises in both fantasy and reality. In fact, he made the All-Star team. But when you are a fantasy analyst and a prognosticator and you say to yourself, can I sell high on John Means? The answer is no, because no one is going to believe that he's going to have that second half of the season. Now, look, it doesn't apply to every player. It doesn't apply to every league. But in general, most people who play fantasy baseball are not novices. They understand the grind. They understand how this works. And so it's a little foolish for, I think, people to put out there a player that is doing things so far above what they normally do that you can count on that. Like Tommy Lastella is a good example of that. If I gave you a list of players to sell high on, I would never have Tommy Lastella on the list because I don't think that anybody's going to want him from you. They all know that this is not who that player is. So you can't expect that in the second half of the season. So what can we expect? You got to dive a little bit into the players that are all-stars, potential all-stars. And these are players that were relatively drafted in terms of ADP in the first 100 picks. And there's nothing wrong with selling a player like that. And I'll give you a good example. Tim Anderson of the Chicago White Sox. He's a favorite player for a lot of people. And he's got those sort of on-base splits like Adam Jones had for many, many years where the guy just doesn't walk. And his batting average has to carry him into a position where he can make him viable. And look, he's had an excellent first half of the season. 11 home runs, 15 stolen bases, 317 batting average. But here is the issue with Anderson. I think he's probably getting better. I think that he's becoming a better player. But I don't think there's any chance of him having an OBP of 34% at the end of the year. His BAPIP is way too high. And his historical numbers, career-wise, his OBPs, check this out, in seasons that he's played in full, 276 OBP in 17, 281 last year, 342 this year. Those numbers are going to come down. He walked 30 times last year. He's only got seven walks this year. Now, look, if you have a guy for stolen bases, this is the guy. Because he's still going to steal probably 15 steals in the second half. He'll have a career high in stolen bases. And that's one of the reasons why you have him. But some of those other numbers, I think, are going to come down in a big way for uh, Tim Anderson. And even though he is on a better team and there are some positive signs for him, He's probably somebody that if I knew someone needed steals and I was out there, I think that I would sell. Speaking of which, and ironically, a few of these players today that I've looked at are at the shortstop position. I don't know why it's worked out this way, but it does seem like a little bit of the, over, the, uh, the overachieving players this year in the game are coming from that position. In fact, Tim Anderson, Jorge Polanco, who's not on my list, he's having a career year too, but Polanco kind of came out of nowhere. And although Elvis Andrews has had some great years in the past, Elvis Andrews is on his way to another fantastic season. Now, his career year for Elvis Andrews was two years ago. I don't know what happened that year, but he hit 20 home runs. <laughs> and his, uh, his career numbers are pretty much above where they normally are. His on-base percentage is about 30 points higher than it was last year. His batting average about 50 points higher than it was last year. Career, 25 points above. Stolen bases way ahead of pace. RBIs way ahead of pace. And so that's another player that if I had several players that were stealing bases, I think that I would consider moving him. For some reason, even though Texas has... Had a much better season than a lot of people think. He's just one of those guys for me that I never end up drafting, and sometimes it ends up burning you. But uh, to, he's get he's getting older in his career. I, I just don't see the uh, the second half coming for him like he did in the first half, and I would probably uh, punt him. Now the big question for a player that I have next, and this is a tough one for me because this is probably the the question that I've asked uh, been asked most in terms of selling high in the second half, because you can do that with this player, and that's Gleyber Torres of the New York Yankees. Now, before you say, whoa, why would you do that? Torres has 19 home runs and 50 RBIs. 292 batting average. Is, is there a chance that Torres is a 35-40 home run, 100 RBI guy? Maybe that is the case. Maybe. But I think the likelihood is, is that he had the first half of his career and he's only, he's had a short career, but these offensive numbers, I don't think anybody saw this coming and coming this fast. Now in 123 games in 2018, Torres hit 24 bombs. If you prorate and give him an extra 20 games, give him another three or four home runs, then that puts him at about 28 on the season. And uh, 271 batting average, 340 on base. Torres right now is on pace to shatter that. 35 would be the low in terms of home runs. Is there a chance that he's just getting better? Yeah. There's that. But he didn't hit a home run in the final week before the the, uh, All-Star break. Maybe he's getting tired. His last 30 games, he hit six home runs. So is there a chance that all of these other numbers are still really good for Torres, but the home runs come down? If that is indeed the case, and he only ends up hitting 26 home runs, that only gives him seven home runs in his last 70 games. Keep those things in mind when you're dealing with somebody who's looking for power and looking at it from an infield position. So strangely enough today, guys who I think that will come down to earth a little bit are all of the shortstop position. Tim Anderson of the White Sox, Elvis Andrews of the Rangers, and Glaber Torres of the New York Yankees. Those are the three players that if I had in fantasy, I'd be shopping a little bit to see if I could get something back in return, potentially a pitcher or someone else. Coming up next on the show, it's finally time We've got a full baseball schedule ahead of us tonight in Major League Baseball. In fact, we got a game starting in an hour from now. The Cubs are at it. got an earlier game between the Washington Nationals and Philadelphia Phillies. And not all of the Aces on the mound to start the second half of the season because some of them pitched in the All-Star game on Tuesday. Then coming up at 1.40 Eastern, we're joined by the Gridiron Scholar, John Lobb, who will give us our first preview of the college fantasy football season. And then we'll have some exit velocity to end the show. And then you don't want to go anywhere if you're listening live because coming up at the top of the hour, 2 o'clock Eastern, full-time fantasy will be on. And Adam Ronis and Dr. Roto will give you a little bit of a preview of the weekend. And that's how we do it here on FNTSY on this Friday. We'll take a quick time out. We'll be back with plenty more here on FNTSY, including a preview of all of the games tonight. Don't go away.
5: I feel better. I have more energy. I walk 12 miles a day. I feel great. It changed my life. It really has. It's really
0: incredible. Guys, if you'd like to lose belly fat, gain energy, and feel great, try Andro 400, the safe, natural, and affordable way to boost your testosterone. Go to andro400.com or call 888-400-0435. 888-400-0435. andro400.com.
2: someone is searching your name or business online, what will they find? Do you have negative search results online? Do you have false accusations, records from a legal situation, or bad press from your past? To reclaim your reputation, call 1-888-WE-DELETE or visit GuaranteedRemovals.com. That's 1-888-933-3538 or visit GuaranteedRemovals.com. If there is any negative information about you online, GuaranteedRemovals.com will permanently delete it for you. That's right. It is possible to remove negative content from the Internet. And GuaranteeRemovals.com is the only company focusing on permanently deleting negative online content. We have successfully removed over 10,000 links, including news articles, arrest records, legal documents, business complaints, blogs, pictures, videos, and more. We offer a no-money-upfront guarantee. You don't pay until your online content is removed. Call 1-888-WE-DELETE to talk to our dedicated specialists who are here to assist you. That's 1-888-933-3538 or GuaranteedRemovals.com.
0: Fantasy Sports Today
2: with Craig Mish.
1: All right, welcome back. Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish here with you. You'll want to stay tuned because coming up in 15 minutes from now, we talk some college football with John Lobb. It is the second half of the baseball season, though. And keeping with our theme of talking baseball and fantasy baseball here on this show, as we will throughout the summer. And then as time goes on, we'll shift over to a little football, as promised. Let's give you the baseball schedule for today. Can't wait. Let's get, a go- Let's get it back going, guys, right? Like, it was great to have off uh, and fly into New York Sunday. All-star stuff Monday. All-star stuff Tuesday. Day off Wednesday. Day off yesterday. But I'm ready. I'm ready for the second half tonight. Nothing really on Netflix that I'm dying to watch. Got some uh, chill time coming up here this summer. Got my kids. Let's uh, let's get the baseball going back again. So let's uh, dive in here in this segment. I'll give you some of the possible streaming options that I like today as well as some starting pitchers. We start with the Cubs. They have the first game back in the NL after the break. They play the Pirates today. And it is you Darvish against Chris Archer. What will Josh Bell do for an encore in the second half of the season? 27 home runs, eighty-four runs driven in. It's like a dream to draft that guy in fantasy to get the production that you've gotten. But uh, we'll, we'll be interesting to see also what the Cubs do. They talked to. It looks like Joe Madden had some comments before. This could be the the last run for Joe Madden as the Cubs manager. That's certainly possible. 605 Eastern, Nationals and Phillies. You heard Byron Kerr talk about that game. Steven Strasburg and Nick Pavetta. 47 42 for the Nats, 47 and 43 for the Phillies. Make no mistake about it. That's a big series coming up. And I'm looking forward to catching that game. Blue Jays and Yankees tonight in the American League. The Jays are 23 games under 500. Their season is over. The Yankees are 26 games over. And the Yankees get uh, Aaron's they get to face Aaron Sanchez tonight. We talked to Brad Ziegler about him yesterday. Sanchez three and twelve with an ERA of six. And he gets the first start out of the break. Domingo Herman starts for the Yankees ten and two with a three point six seven earned run average. And the Yankees having now kind of for the most part their 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 lineup back again. So it should be an interesting time to be in New York and feasting on the Jays and the Orioles. I would guess that there's probably a lot of wins coming the way of, uh, of New York, Boston, Tampa in that second half of the season. Speaking of Tampa, yep, they play the Orioles, 7.05 Eastern. Tampa Bay at Baltimore in this one. The Rays in the first half were fifty-two and thirty-nine. The Orioles are twenty-seven and sixty-two. Yanni Chirinos is probably owned in every fantasy league, but from a DFS perspective, you gotta like this matchup tonight for sure. Uh, Chirino seven and four with a three point one five earned run average. Dylan Bundy's four and ten with a four point six five earned run average. Renato Nunez was the big star for Baltimore in the first half when Mancini went down. Twenty home runs, forty-nine runs driven in. Brandon Lau looks like he'll come off the DL injured list. Excuse me. I got to get that right. 16 home runs, 49 runs driven. in. Austin Meadows is an interesting case. Gray Albright was on our show earlier this week. Not really sure what to think of him in the second half of the season. He's uh, He had a fantastic beginning of the year and then kind of fell back a little bit. He'll be a key piece for Tampa if they're going to get into the postseason and beyond. Probably the most intriguing series this weekend is going to go on in Boston as the Dodgers make a rare trip to take on the Red Sox. The Dodgers, with baseball's most wins, 60 and 32 on the season. The Red Sox are just eight games over. Kenta Maeda takes the ball for LA, and for Boston, it is Eduardo Rodriguez. Maeda, 7 and 5, with a 3.76. Erod 9 and 4 with a 4.65 Cody Bellinger 336 30 home runs 71 RBIs at the break. Wow. 7-10 Eastern Twins and Indians so we're going to get that division battle getting going here. Twins 56 and 33, Indians 50 and 38. Kyle Gibson against Mike Clevenger. I got to get Clevenger back in my lineup tonight for this one. Uh, Gibson 8 and 4 with a 4.09, Clevenger 2 and 2 with a 4.44. Indians have put themselves within striking distance of the Twins again. Mets and Marlins tonight, that'll be the game that I'm at. Mets are 10 games under 40 and 50. They'll start Jason Vargas tonight. The Marlins will have Caleb Smith who started right before the break, 4 and 4 with a 3.50 earned run average. Astros and Rangers play the second game of their four game series. And Texas is forty nine and forty two coming off that five nothing shutout last night. They got Jesse Chavez tonight, three and four with a three point three zero. Garrett Cole nine and five with a three point oh nine earn run average. This could be the final half for Garrett Cole in a Houston Astros uniform. It's certainly possible because Cole, of course, will be a free agent after the season. 8 8:10 Eastern Giants and Brewers it'll be Sean Anderson against Chase Anderson Sean Anderson 3 and 2 with a 4.23 earned run average and Chase Anderson 4 and 2 with a 4.32 earned run average I asked you guys on Twitter by the way uh the you make the call what sh- what should we end up doing and the votes are in and you'd like to hear a conversation between Christian Yelich And Cody Bellinger, who would you rather have in the second half? Well, I'll give it to you now. My answer is Christian Yelich of the Milwaukee Brewers. You know what? I think that Yelich steals more bases. I think he hits more home runs. I think he hits for a higher batting average. I think Bellinger probably drives in more runs. So answering your question from you make the call, if you wanted to pick one guy between the two and you're doing a redraft half-season league, take Christian Yelich. That's my advice. There you go. You make the call. You win right there. Tigers and Royals, yuck. Yuck. Does anybody want to see this one? Ugh. Royals are 31 games under. Tigers are 30 30 games under? Turnbull comes off the injured list tonight to start for Detroit. Danny Duffy for Kansas City. My gosh, is there a worse game on the board? I have no idea, but this is one that I will have no interest in, will not watch, will not care. Diamondbacks and Cardinals... These two teams got to figure out who they are in the next couple of weeks. It'll be interesting. Robbie Ray, 6-6 six and six with a under run average. Adam Wainwright, a 5-7, 4.31. Is this the last second half of a season for Adam Wainwright? Probably so. The Cardinals announced yesterday that Yadier Molina is going to miss a few weeks. I don't know. I'm I kind of thinking that the Cardinals may want to punt. They just don't look strong enough. No Molina, no Ozuna. Flaherty hasn't been as good as they thought. Arizona's probably going to have to make a decision pretty soon, too, who they want to be, buyers or sellers. Some people think the Reds are buyers. I don't get that one. They're 41 and 46. They're at Colorado this weekend. The Rockies had that nice little run to put them above five hundred. Then before the break, they fell below it again. John Gray, 9 and 6 with a 3.92. Sonny Gray, 5 and 5 with a 3.59. Charlie Blackman's having another fantastic season for them. But it's really put-up-or-shut-up time for the Reds. I, I can't see how the Reds would think of buying players being five games under 500 on July 31st. But indeed, there's some discussion that that could be the case. The late games tonight, Mariners and Angels. Mike Leak starts for Seattle, who is just playing out the string. The Angels, of course, with the tragedy of Tyler Skaggs. It's, it's kind uh, of... Given them a little bit of a mulligan, I think, in the second half of the season. I don't know how they're supposed to bounce back from that tragedy. I've seen that in Miami. Uh, so Trevor Cole is in their rotation now. Cole 1-0 with a 4.58 earned run average. I'll have to keep an eye on him. Maybe in a mixed league he's worth something if he ends up pitching well. Doesn't have a ton of pedigree of being a top prospect, but the Angels are going to need some pitching help for sure. They're one game under. Seattle, of course, is uh, 16 games under five hundred. Their season is over. White Sox and Athletics, Yvonne Nova, Mike Fires, Oakland yet again is in the mix. Nine games over, 50-41. and 41. White Sox, I think, probably start fading if I had to take a guess. They're two games under five hundred. I think Fires is a great streaming option tonight, even in these leagues of 10 or 12 teams. Or if you're playing DFS, I would roster Fires tonight against Chicago. I think they're headed the other way, and that could start tonight. And then finally, the last game on the board, 10-10 Eastern, Braves and Padres. Dallas Keuchel for Atlanta against Denelson Lamette of the San Diego Padres. Lamette has come back off Tommy John's surgery. He made one start right before the break. He threw five innings. He struck out seven. He gave up a couple of runs. Andrea Lamont was right on him when she talked about it earlier this week. This guy's a very high strikeout per nine pitcher. Now, I don't know how many innings he'll be able to throw this year, and my guess is it will not be more than 70, but he's already thrown five. He's probably got 65 more to go and another eight or nine starts. If you can have him for a short period of time, understanding that in a head-to-head league at the end of the year, you ain't going to have him for the postseason, it may not be a bad idea to add him and pick him up. Coming up next, we dive into some college basketball with our good friend John Lobb, who does great work over at Fantrax and gets you ready for the college football season. He is ready to go, and he's going to give you some college football analysis. And then coming up at the top of the hour, what we'll do is we'll turn it over to our friends Dr. Roto and Adam Ronis. They've got your full-time fantasy all set up. As a reminder, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, you can download and listen to this podcast on demand on any of the popular apps that you usually hear podcasts. Live, you can listen to it of course on the iHeartRadio app or Stitcher, as well as our Fantasy Sports Radio uh, Fantasy Sports Network app, fantasy-sports-network.com. That's another great way you can listen to the show live, but also on demand. Make sure you download iTunes Uh, The Google Play, Stitcher is another great place you can listen to this. And when all else fails, if you just want to listen to it on an Internet browser, go to audioboom.com, and we post the audio there for you as well. We'll talk to our good friend John Lobb coming up next. It's time to dive into some fantasy football for the first time, but we'll do it college style here on the show next. Don't go away.
5: Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour champion, 2017 world number one. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time.
4: Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range,
0: or even
5: leaving the course.
0: What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. Fantasy Sports Today
1: with Craig Mish. Alright, welcome back. It is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish back with you. Uh, I promised that once we got past the All-Star break that we would start mixing in some football. I'm not quite ready to do uh, a pro yet because we still have two months until then. So the focus, of course, is still fantasy baseball here on this show. But at the same time... What's really starting to creep up is college football. Practices begin for these guys next week. The games begin in a month. And for those of you who play college fantasy football, you should do it over at Fantrax, where our good friend John Lobb does a lot of work uh, writing over there. And he's very well schooled, as the Gridiron scholar should be. And he joins us now to talk a little college fantasy football here for the first time this year on our show. John, thanks for coming on. Oh, thank you for inviting me. I mean, I can't believe how quickly
5: the college season comes upon us because you're right, it kick it kicks off earlier than the NFL season. I don't think a lot of people necessarily realize that.
1: Yeah, and, and they play games the first weekend. Usually there's like one big game and then a few give and then they play another week before the NFL plays. They play two full weeks in college. Before they play the pros, and so for people who were playing uh, fantasy or even playing best ball, yeah, I mean we're getting close to that time where it is relevant—a week or two away, really for me. Uh, so let's kind of dive in here, John, and 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 before we get to the the uh, the specific players. For people who are maybe thinking about playing college for the first time, whether it's best ball or a season long league, how would you describe the differences in preparation and in execution college as opposed to just people who play fantasy football?
5: So, the first thing you have to understand in college fantasy football is the value of the dual threat quarterback. The numbers that the quarterbacks can put up, because it's very reasonable for a quarterback to get 800 yards rushing. And then sometimes you'll get a quarterback like Khalil Tate two years ago at 1,400 yards rushing. So when you get that dual-threat quarterback, you absolutely – his value is off the charts, Craig. And we already know, if you like NFL football, how much more valuable Cam Newton and Deshaun Watson is. But in college football, it's on steroids because of the ability for the player to accumulate points with their legs. And then the second thing is do not be intimidated by 130 teams. You can't play the total FBS, in which that's what I like, but you could play a power five college fantasy football seasons where you're limited to the five big conferences, which is 60 teams, or you could play a group of five, which is another about – 70 teams so if you are intimidated by the 130 you can limit the player pool but I say just jump in you'll learn all the players it's amazing and the waiver wire is even more abundant than the NFL
1: we're joined by John Lobb gridiron scholar and we're going to talk some college football with him and dive into some potential players it's by the way really I think interesting if you play college football it'll help you in the NFL as John mentioned it's a really important part of it uh, and i want to talk about some of the rankings too i think he's got one of the wide receivers too low but i'll get to that in a second let's talk <laughs> l- let's talk about let's talk about quarterbacks here because john even if you're not a college football fan everybody knows who Tua Tagalova is and then it's funny that everybody became an expert on Trevor Lawrence once they saw him play in the college football championship last year but we watched all last year. We saw this kid play. Of course, he didn't have a chance to play early on in the season. They were going back and forth with a couple of different guys and injuries. And then they snuck out that Syracuse game. I don't even remember who was the quarterback for uh, Clemson in that Syracuse game. I think it was like their fourth guy. Uh, but let's talk about those two, how high they'll go in fantasy drafts, and which one you prefer. Great question. Now,
5: I'm all about Tua Viola. I have been drafting him like crazy. I seem to be one of the college fantasy football you know, experts who is absolutely in love with him. I think he's slipping under the radar for some reason. If you look at what Alabama has right now, this is an embarrassment of riches at the wide receiver position. Jerry Judy, who should be a top three pick in the NFL next year. Henry Riggs, who runs who you could say is a top prospect, Devonta Smith, Jaden Waddle, and their backfield has a lot of talent but not a proven runner. One of the things that Nick Saban has done so well is he has made that transition to a passing game, similar to what um, Bill Belichick did in New England when he had Randy Moss and Wes Welker. He unleashed Tom Brady. Nick Saban has now transferred his power running game into an explosive passing game. I think Tua, to me, he's a top five pick in college fantasy football. I love him. And Trevor Lawrence, I'm more bullish on him. Now I have him ranked number four at quarterback where I have Tua at number three, but I love Trevor Lawrence. Now I understand the major concern is that Clemson might have the top running back in the country in Travis Etienne. He's simply amazing. However, he scored like 26 touchdowns last year. I don't expect him to replicate that number this season. And Trevor Lawrence with Justin Ross and T Higgins at wide receiver, he has almost as good of a weapons on the outside as Tua. I can't wait to see these two young men play. But I'm going Tua if I have my choice between the two.
1: John Lobb is with us, the Gridiron Scholar. You can read about his work over at Fantrax and covers college football in terms of fantasy like nobody else. Uh, so moving over to running back, Etienne has to be one of the top guys for sure this season. There's no doubt about that. I love Swift on Georgia also. It would be another one that I would go. I mean, Georgia's running backs just year after year produce. Uh, ha- I know that you're big on taking running backs in college football in general in your drafts. And then give us an idea who you, how you have them ranked over at Fantrax.
5: Excellent. So I do have ETN of Clemson at number two, and you mentioned Swift. I like Swift a, Swift a lot. You mentioned another thing. You have to understand the systems, just like the NFL. But in college football, systems are just as important, if, if not more so. So Georgia, we know historically, and I'm old, so I've been watching from Herschel Walker to Nick Chubb. You sure. know that the, the Bulldogs are going to run the football DeAndre Swift, last year he had a share the backfield carries with Elijah Holofield. But DeAndre Swift was one of the top high school recruits. I think he's going to blow up this year for the Bulldogs, so I have him at number eight. Back to systems. My number one guy is Jonathan Taylor of Wisconsin. In two seasons, he has over 4,000 career rushing yards. He's a junior, and we know Wisconsin is going to pound the football. I love him. He's my number one. The one back that people might not be familiar enough with is Eno Benjamin, the Arizona State running back. Last year, he was terrific. Pac-12 first team, all AP All-American third team. He had over 1,500 yards rushing. I like him a lot. He's my number three of the Sun Devils. And I'll give you two more in the top five. Michael Warren of Cincinnati. Now, if you play in a group of five, you can make the argument that Michael Warren is a top three draft pick. The Bearcats run the football, and Michael Warren is the guy at 5'11", 218 pounds. And last year, he had over 1,300 yards. The one player that people aren't talking enough about is Joshua Kelly of UCLA. Chip Kelly. Everyone thinks that he is a passing game marvel, and I admit that he's going to throw the football. But if you look when he was at Oregon, LaMichael James and Kenjin Varner were amazing running backs. Joshua Kelly had over 1,200 yards rushing this year. I think the Bruins take a step forward, especially on the ground. So Joshua Kelly's my number five.
1: John Lobb's awesome, man. He can break it down like nobody else in college football. Moving over to wide receiver, we're gonna have some beef here because look, I I, to- I totally look, I I have a favorite guy here, and I totally understand. Look, you gotta you gotta put Clemson's wide receiver uh, in the top five for sure. I totally get it, and uh, Ross is great. Uh, you know, Wallace on Oklahoma State, sure, but look, I don't care that they don't have a quarterback. John Jalen Rieger has to be in the top five. This guy's the best receiver I think in the country. And, and I and they, look, they, they were going through those quarterback issues last year, and he was unstoppable. I think he scored all of their points. Every single point that was scored by TCU was his. So I want him on all my fantasy teams. I think you got him a little too low. It's the only exception that I see here on the board. I got him in my top five. I know you got him in your top, what, 12? I have him in my top 12, yes.
5: Hey, I agree with you. If I knew who the quarterback was going to be, and I could feel real comfortable, I – I would probably move him up into the top eight and everything you said is absolutely correct, Craig, but I actually have him. I think I have him as my top five wide receiver prospects for the NFL draft next year. Cause he is a special player. He, he had offers to Alabama, Oklahoma, and he chose DCU yeah. over the, yeah. I mean, and he was all big 12 second team last year. So you're absolutely right about the talent. I'm a little worried about the horn Frogs. I think the entire program is falling down a little bit. Now, I hope they rebound because i really enjoyed watching TCU play football over the last decade. But it does concern me a little bit. But I understand the good thing, Craig, is he's coming at a great value. I see him coming off the board in the fifth or sixth round. So you're absolutely right. If you want him on your team, I, I believe he's worthy of your number one wide receiver on any college fantasy football team, and if you want to go running back heavy, he is the perfect wide receiver to acquire later in the draft.
1: John Lobb is with us. Uh, John, last question for you. And again, aside from the players, uh, it goes to the preparation. You know, For people who are looking at this, and obviously you can find all of your great work at fan tracks and all of your rankings, if you had to give somebody a piece of advice who, who is doing a, who doing a best ball draft over the next few weeks where they're preparing for a season-long draft, What is the best thing that they can do to prepare and get ready for the college football season? Because there's so much turnover, as you know, that goes on from year to year.
5: I would draft by the players in the programs that you feel good about. So we had mentioned DeAndre Swift of Georgia. Even if you don't think he's going to get 1,800 yards, you know Georgia is going to run the ball. So find the teams that have systems that produce points.
1: John, listen, man, it is always great to catch up with you. I appreciate you coming on. We'll definitely have you on again as we get closer to the season. Maybe I'll uh, jump in a league of yours, or we could do a listener league over here as well, and and certainly give my best to everybody over there at Fantrax. Thanks again so much for coming on, John, and have a great weekend, okay?
5: Yeah, you too, my friend, and I would love to do a listener league. Have a great day.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, John Lobb is with us, Gridiron Scholar on Twitter. Listen, there is no one that covers college fantasy football like John. Although I would tell you, I love having disagreements and I love having conversations with educated people, and John is simply one of the best. I love this kid on TCU, and and he's right. TCU is not what they were, and Gary Patterson's team is probably not going to be as good as they have been, but I think this kid's talent on end of rounds and running the ball and on option plays, I think he's going to get a ton of uh, pt the rest of the season okay thanks again to john Lop for coming on the show what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick time out here on fantasy sports today we'll come back next we've got some exit velocity and it will be my advice on how to play out the remainder of the fantasy baseball season even if you're out of it even if you're Locking into everything that John is saying, even if you are listening to all of our other shows here on FNTSY, including the Fantasy BFFs coming up in 10 minutes as well. If you're listening to all of the shows and you're into wagering and you're into fantasy football, you cannot give up on Fantasy Baseball. That is part of our next subject matter here on Exit Velocity coming up next here on FNTSY. And we'll be back in just a couple minutes. Don't go away.
0: Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish.
1: Alright, welcome back. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish. We got full-time fantasy coming up at the top of the hour. And on Monday, we'll be right back here with you for another edition of the show. A fun recap show as we have our first full weekend of fantasy baseball back since the All-Star break. Can't wait to do that with you. And, of course, we'll start mixing in some football conversation as we move into July and August. But that is kind of my topic here as we end the show today with a little bit of exit velocity. I feel the need, the
5: need for speed. Ow!
0: Exit velocity. Exit velocity.
1: Nice philosophy. All right, we end the show today with discussing how important it is for those of you who play fantasy sports to keep it ethical, keep it real. Don't quit on your league mates. Don't quit on your teammates. Give fantasy baseball another month or two to make sure that you're out of it before you start disappearing and moving over to fantasy football. A lot of people pay money to be in these leagues, and even if they don't, it shouldn't matter. Stay- your teams at the very lineup each day to make sure that you're keeping things legitimate so that somebody doesn't win because of your negligence and we'll end the show with that thanks every much for everybody for calling in thank you also to my producer today Chris Bavona thank you to John Lobb for talking a little college football with us also also thank you to byron kerr for talking a little washington nationals with us don't forget you can hear this show on demand 24 hours a day seven days a week just by downloading the fntsy app i will speak to you again on monday at noon have a great weekend everybody full-time fantasy is next see ya
0: And catch the live show. Yes. Make <laughs> sure to download our podcast at the FNTSY Sports Network audio boom channel. Oh, so bad.